Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Acts in the New Testament, from the fourth chapter. It's a story of uh, the apostles Peter and John as they come and stand before uh, the Jewish council for having healed a person, uh, and the council is really questioning the authority for them to do that. Let's pick up the story here in the 13th verse of the fourth chapter. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. When they saw the man who had been cured standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. So they ordered them to leave the council while they discussed the matter with one another. They said, What will we do with them? For it is obvious to all who live in Jerusalem that a notable sign has been done through them. We cannot deny it. But to keep it from spreading further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in his name. So they called them, and they ordered them not to speak or teach in all the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in God's sight to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. After threatening them again, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all of them praise God for what had happened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today we talk about powering up through witness. You've heard me share stories across the years about growing up in a church and a church culture where witnessing was a big part of our life. And it was defined very specifically and very narrowly what witnessing was. It was a different day and a different time. When I talk to the young people about my experiences growing up in the church, they are always convinced that I was raised in a cult, some kind of strange place, and that explains a lot to them about who I am and how I behave. I shared with you a couple of weeks ago when we talked about powering up through scripture that one of my prized possessions is my father's Bible because in the, uh, inside the cover in his handwriting are some notes and some Bible verses that he used to witness, to share his faith with other people. And every now and then I open that book and look at it and remember him. One night a week, my deacon daddy would go with the preacher and go out what they called witnessing. I was one of those kids that loved all that stuff. Not all the kids did, but I did. Every summer, the first week when school was out, we would have a class and we would learn a new method for witnessing. And we'd memorize a script of how to witness. And then they would drop us off and we would go knock on doors of random strangers' house. And if anyone answered the door, we would ask them questions about God and about life and about death. And then we would tell them 
about Jesus. As I said, that was a different day and a different time. In the decades since I grew up in that kind of culture, it's no longer safe to go knock on random strangers' doors, and those who have witnessed in ways that were overbearing and judgmental and annoying pushed people farther away from God instead of drawing them near to God. And so the idea of a witness, of being a witness, came to most people's minds to be the opposite of the kind of person they wanted to be and the kind of Christian they wanted to be. And so most churches have given that over to some groups who are synonymous now with knocking on doors and witnessing. But we didn't really give up the idea of witnessing. We're a witness whether we know it or not. Every day, always, our actions and our attitudes bear witness to who we are and to what our faith is really all about. The writer Max Lucado put it this way, to call yourself a child of God is one thing. To be called a child of God by those who watch your life is another thing altogether. We know that to be true from some people in our lives, and sometimes it's painfully true about our own life. Then our text today from the Gospel of Luke, unlike that video, all the wrong ways to be a witness, we see a beautiful explanation and a beautiful example of what it means to witness. In chapter 3, Peter and John are on their way to the temple, as is their custom to worship God and to pray. And as they pass through the gate called Beautiful, there's a beggar there, a man 40 years old who had never walked in his life. And his life consisted of friends or family carrying him to the gate every day so that he might receive alms, receive money from people out of the kindness of their heart to help supply his needs. The story tells us that Peter and John look at the man. He's expecting money, but Peter says, no, I don't have any gold or silver, but what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he did. Well, to say the least, that got everybody's attention. They gathered around Peter and John and this man that they had seen day after day after day after year after year after year. And Peter and John began to preach to them and tell them about Jesus. This did not make the religious power authorities very happy. In fact, it made them so mad that they arrested Peter and John and had them thrown in jail overnight. And the next day, they brought them before the ruling council and demanded an explanation for them. By what power and in whose name did you heal this man? And Peter and John found the answer simple. Jesus. It's interesting that in the New Testament, the people in authority, religious authority, the overly religious people, never are able to celebrate a miracle in someone else's life. 
they're never able to celebrate the healing of a life because it didn't go through them and it was not about them. Well, these ruling authorities who took care of the temple and watched out over the people are amazed, Luke says, because they knew that Peter and John were ordinary and uneducated men. Their arrogance did not allow them to see that Peter and John were anything but ordinary. They had been with Jesus. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit and that overshadowed their status and their power and they don't know what to do. So they order Peter and John not to preach anymore about this Jesus. And then they threaten them. And then Luke gets to the point of this long story. Peter and John look at the council and say these words. We cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. That, I believe, is how you power up through witness. We can read this story in the book of Acts and think that the point of it is that Peter and John had the power to heal someone. We can read this story and think the point of the story is that Peter and John could stand before a council who literally holds their life in their hands and not hesitate or stumble in their answers. But if we think that, I believe we're wrong. I believe the point of this story in the Gospel of Luke is that to witness is to simply speak about the things we have seen and heard. To be a witness does not mean you can run the Bible category on Jeopardy every week. To be a witness does not mean that we have explanations for all the mysteries of God. To be a witness does not mean that we pretend that there are easy answers to the whys that haunt us all in the face of illness and death and tragedy and loss. To be a witness does not mean you have to have a degree in theology. What we all can do is speak about what we have seen and heard. What we all can do is talk about how much Jesus means to us. To share how much the church means to us. You see, our lives are powered up in the same way as Peter and John. We're empowered by an experience with Jesus and we're inspired by the Holy Spirit when we point people in the direction of where we found what we were looking for in God's love. People will argue with Scripture. People will argue over theology. People will argue church dogma. But people listen to our story. People listen to our experience. People listen because they're seeking 
something as well. Now, this is a spoiler alert. During the season of Lent, you're going to be asked to think of a person or a family that you are going to ask throughout the rest of the year to come be a part of something at Sun Creek. It may be worship, it may be breakfast, it may be a mission opportunity, it may be singing a choir, come to youth group, come to a class. And so Team Sun Creek worked this week and thought of some things that would help you share about Sun Creek to open up those conversations with those in our life. I want to share a few of those with you right now. Here's five things that you can share, that you can witness to in your own life. First one, a warm welcome for all people. Do you know anybody in your life that feels excluded, that feels alone, that feels isolated? You can point them to God's love by inviting them to a place where they'll belong. Number two, this is a place that celebrates children and youth. You have friends and co-workers and neighbors who have their own joys and struggles just like you do in raising their family. If you found help here, if you found support here, if you found a group of people that's on your side raising kids to be decent people and to be people of faith, you can share that. That's a witness that will draw someone to God's love. Number three, meaningful worship that relates to real life. If when you worship in this place, whether online or in person, if God speaks to you through the music or through the prayers or through the scripture reading or maybe even sometimes through the sermon and you have found God's love to be real in your life, you can witness to that by inviting someone else to come and find God's love too. Number four, opportunities for service and mission. Each of us have people in our lives who may not be all that big on church, but they're really big on being a good neighbor. They really care about other people. They think something should be done about the inequities and injustice and suffering in the world. You can be a witness by pointing them to a place where they can plug in and through serving others, find God's love. And last, this is a place of comfort and support. If you've ever been in a hard spot in your life, grieving the loss of someone you love, disappointment in your career, whatever it is, if you have found in this place love and support and strength to carry on, why wouldn't you offer that to someone you know who's going through those same kinds of days? That's a witness, pointing them to where they can find strength and help as well. These are ways to open the door to a conversation. 
And we can trust that just like Peter and John in the story of Luke, if that conversation goes deeper, the Holy Spirit will inspire us and give us the words to share that point people in the right direction. As we go through this week, think of what you have seen and heard. Think of your own experience with God's love through Jesus Christ. And power up through witness by sharing an invitation for someone else to come and see for themselves. Pastor Warren Wearsby put it this way, let God be the judge. Your job today is to be a witness. Let us power up through witness and point people to God's love in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit,